Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. This is episode 84. Me and Dan just sat down and, and talked a lot about attitude in hunting and how it can affect your hunting in a positive and negative way. Um, we also had a few really good news stories that we talked about that were pretty interesting. I think you guys are going to like this episode. Before we get into it, got to thank Osseo Gear. It's a great option for whitetail hunters. They've developed a premium line of bow hunting gear that will rival any other clothing company on the market in quality. Plus, you get a lifetime warranty on anything you buy from Osseo. Can't beat that. They have a super unique camo pattern and great technology in their garments to keep you comfortable in the stand longer. Visit ASIOgear.com to get you some great hunting clothing. All right, everybody. Let's face it, we all have cameras that are lying around, either broken or completely worthless. Thankfully, right now, after a ton of great feedback from last year, Exodus is opening up a upgrade program. So how does it work? In short, order any camera on ExodusOutdoorGear.com and use the code UPGRADE to save 25% off on any Exodus render, render bundle, rival, or rival bundle. After placing your order, the Exodus team will send you a return label for the trade in camera. After receiving the camera, they'll ship you a full order with that 25% discount. If you're new to Exodus Trail Cameras, I'll just say this. i got a five-year warranty, five-year theft and damage coverage, and best-in-class customer services. been using them their cameras for a long time, and I, I really enjoy using them. Getting ready to use their new model this year, the Rival. Can't wait to try that thing out. Be sure to take advantage of these unique savings opportunities and replace an old piece of junk camera that you got laying around for something nice like a new Exodus camera. This upgrade program is only for the remainder of April or while the their supplies last there at their HQ. As always, be sure to head over to their website and sign up for their email newsletter and stay up to date with all their announcements. I've caught wind of, that they have some really exciting announcements coming down the pipeline, so be ready for that. For more details on that campaign, uh, the trade-in campaign, head to exodusoutdoorgear.com slash page slash exodus upgrade program and i'll link all that in the description below hunting beast gear makers of the best mobile stand and sticks on the market if you guys have not gotten your hands on the beast sticks or beast stand you haven't felt that wow factor yet and at these shows that i work with with hunting beast gear whenever someone new picks up a beast stand that's what happens is they get this wow factor on their face. For the size and the weight, there's nothing that beats the beast stand on the market. you got to get your hands on one. It's developed by real mobile hunters with a real-world experience. You guys are going to love their products, so head over to huntingbeastgear.com and pick you, pick you up some beast sticks and beast stand. And finally, Stealth Outdoors. If you're not using Stealth Strips, honestly, you're not trying hard enough. Stealth strips are hands down the best silencing tape on the market. Once you put that stuff on your gear, it doesn't come off. It'll last for years and it does exactly what it's supposed to. Makes your gear absolutely silent. Silence your preset stands with it. Silence your mobile gear with it. Go over to stealthoutdoors.com and get you some stealth strips. My favorite product that they sell is the buckle silencer. That seems like Something that is constantly making noise is your buckles when you're swinging them around the tree or hitting them off something or they're dangling around. Put that buckle silencer on those buckles and be deadly quiet. The link 
to all my partners are down in the description of this episode. Go and check them out. All right, everybody. Let's get into the episode. Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. Dan's good to go now. He just went and got him a monster before we started. Sure I saw Eric's on up. No sugar, no no calories. <laughs> that's that's a uh, that's a blue one or something. That's different. Yeah, it's still ten get. calories. Yeah, every now and then I just like a little different flavor, especially in the afternoons. Mm-hmm. Eric's on. He's probably drinking one right now too. He's probably drinking three of them. He's probably got three of them open. <laughs> I got one of those bats on with the giant ones. Yep. Okay, puts me in a team with monsters. If you two, uh, if you two keep it up, we may end up having a uh, a monster sponsorship for the Beast Channel. Yeah, they don't like hunters. Oh, it's really? not that they don't like hunters; they're afraid of them because uh, they'll scare away the anti hunters. They just want to be open to everybody. A lot of the like neutral companies are like that. Yeah. Oh, they yeah. They do sports. They don't do any hunting sports. You can That's why that. some um, energy drink companies. Like some of the small ones uh, were built right around hunting. There was a few of them that came out that were like, yeah, just for hunters. Yeah, and it was because that none of them sponsor hunters. Right. Um, I know the uh, uh, that company Mountain Ops. They do like supplements and stuff. I know they must have, and this has been a few years back, but I know they must have gave uh, Ted from the Hunting Public some of their product or something. It's like a pre-workout. It's for like fitness, but pre-workout's mm. essentially energy drink, you know. And he took. He was like, I remember in the video, he took some of that before he went hunting, and, he, and he's like, "Boy, this stuff gets you all fired up." He got all excited and stuff. Fired up enough without it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. You can get uh, a Mountain Ops sponsorship where you uh, they send you buckets of that stuff. Yeah. You guys, you probably, you could probably, uh, I don't know, between you and Eric, you guys could. You'd have all kinds of money if you didn't have to buy monsters. Right. Uh, yeah. But I don't know. They've, uh, Mountain Ops, that, that company seemed to, they seem to sponsor everybody though. So, mm-hmm. um, anyway, what have you been up to? I haven't talked to you since Tuesday, really. Oh, uh, a little bit of turkey scouting, a little bit of work. A little yeah. bit of video editing. Finding anything good turkey hunting or turkey scouting? Uh, I'm, I'm seeing someone on uh, going on to Dave's property, so I'm happy about that. Yeah. Um, there's another property that uh, I hunt in the spring that is usually pretty good. There's nothing there. Hmm. But I, uh, I have a couple public properties that got a bunch on them. But uh, there hasn't been much pressure yet because of the rainy weather and stuff. Yeah. So I haven't seen many hunters out yet. So I don't know where the people are uh, focusing. We're supposed to get cold and nasty weather next few days here. It's, it was 85 here today, though. It was hot and windy. I can say that the turkeys here are really starting to get fired up. Yeah. The time is pretty good. Uh, um, just two weeks ago, they were all in big groups. And now I'm seeing a lot of cruisers. Mm. I, uh, um, John Kitcher, the engineer, um, I uh, had I worked on some parts for him, um, and he came up to the shop. He had his wife come up to the shop to uh, pick him up, 
Yeah. And when I was chatting with her, and while I was chatting with her, a giant tom walked up to me in the parking lot. And oh, really? Down by me, yeah. I don't know if it thought I was a hen or what, but they're half tame there, you know. It's right in town. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Strutting in circles around us while we're talking. Jeez. That's funny. I got to get out. I'll probably get out Sunday and Monday, Tuesday, doing some looking around. I think Maddie's going to go in the morning. Um, couple days late in the week before she goes to work <clears throat> so i think uh, uh jacob's out hunting right now yeah so you guys some people are hunting look yeah well, this is the first week i start next wednesday yeah but uh um today's thursday right yeah so yesterday started the first week and then yeah. over the um over the weekend i believe they had a youth hunt yeah i was going to take my little cousin we got youth season saturday and sunday but uh he ends up he ended up having baseball games and stuff, so he can't go. I told him he ought to quit that and just start hunting all the time. That's what I did about his age. I stopped playing sports and just yeah. focused on deer hunting. <laughs> right. Other than golf, I just golfed in the summertime because there wasn't nothing going on anyway. Right, he, he, he plays baseball. They'll probably liberalize him. School. <laughs> yeah, I would not have a kid nowadays in public school. Yeah, put him in uh, private. Yeah, he goes to a little Lutheran school and and down here. So, well, then he can play baseball. No, I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> yep. His mom works at the Lutheran high school, so I think he'll probably go there. Uh, I'd say mm-hmm. in high school, but um. Anyway, I don't think I was. I was kind of getting my hopes up for going turkey hunting with him this weekend, but I don't think he's going to get to go. But, you know, I, I told you I was uh, talking to John's wife. Yeah. John's wife is a, a school teacher, a public school teacher. Yep. And she told me that she would never put her own kids in public school and she's a school teacher. Really? Yep. I know uh I know different areas. Some areas are worse than others, so ours right. around here it gets pretty bad. I know a lot of uh I know a lot of teachers that quit the last five years. Mm-hmm. Just quit teaching, you know. But mm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm thankful we got a couple good Lutheran schools around here. We got a Lutheran high school around here, and all all in this county. So um, we have some different options other than public school. That's good. Yeah, for sure. Want to get into some news articles? We got a few of them tonight before we get into our good ones. Our, just uh, in the last day or so, some really good articles. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about the newest one. Uh, and these these are these. Uh, you just like literally sent this to me. I don't know what, 10 minutes ago, 20 minutes ago, something like that. Uh, But there's something going on. Yeah, there's something going on with the the foul, the waterfowl, the loon. They're like falling out of the sky up by you guys, it sounds like. And I'll I'll kind of share my screen up here. It's raining loons in the Northwoods. Not even really the Northwoods, like they're on their way to the Northwoods. Yeah. Um, and I didn't get to research that much, but it sounds like they're just, it, it, they, they like freeze up. Right. And they end yeah, up they falling. Said it's a phenomenon that happens every once in a great while that during their migration, which your migration is a short period, but while they're returning, if they get weather, that's, uh, um, freezing rain and it's freezing rain up where they're flying, they get covered with water that freezes on them and they can't fly and they drop out of the sky. Yep. And uh, uh, the problem with the loons is, is if you know anything about loons, it, see, look at that picture you just had up there. Go back to that one. 
Look where look where its feet are. Yeah, the problem with loons. They're way in the back. Yeah, because they're they're made just to swim. So a can't loon walk. can't walk on land. So if it drops onto the land, unless somebody finds it, it's dead. Mm. So it's a, it can really affect the population when this happens. So um, um, the loon people, believe it or not, there are loon people. The loon people are saying um, people should be looking for these loons and uh, picking them up, uh, being careful of the beaks because they'll peck at you. That's their defense method. Yeah. And then you're supposed to put them in like a toad or something with some holes in it so they can breathe and take them to a body of water. But you can't put them in like a small pond or, uh, you know, a small waterway because they need like a, 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 I don't know, they're claiming something like an eighth mile or something to get speed up to fly. Jeez. Um, I don't know if that's exactly true, but they need some space. Hmm. Um, they actually uh, get going as fast as they can with their feet until they actually start coming up out of the water and, and kind of running, even though their feet are in the back. And then they finally get off, uh, off the ground. I've seen them uh, take off, and they do take quite a ways to take off, but I think their eighth mile is a little bit of a stretch. But you can't put them in a small pond. Hmm. But uh, there is some danger of the population dropping down dramatically yeah. because it's uh, – rare phenomenon that's going on and loons aren't real like populated anyway right there's not like a ton of already a fairly low population uh, bird they're they're a very popular bird in uh in uh the north woods um you know like we we like to uh listen to them at night when we're up um, by the bear woods and stuff yeah take i took carol on uh um you know back when she was healthy uh, um canoe trip in the boundary waters mm-hmm. and uh, i remember uh arguing with her when a, a loon was sounding off because they sound kind of like a wolf she thought it was wolves yeah. i'm like yeah. no that's a loon she was that is not a loon that's wolves listen to it i'm like it's a loon they went around <laughs> the corner and there's the loon you could see it and it was making the noise she was like i never heard nothing like that you know yeah i had because you know i spend more time in the woods right yeah they're crazy sounding yeah so if anybody up there uh finds a loon falling out of the sky put yeah. it in a box with holes in it and get it good to where it needs to be sounds like if you're in northern wisconsin you need to wear a helmet right now <laughs> yep yep for sure all right what about this uh there's another one we we had on here let me uh get my my screen back up here this one was a uh a big old black bear that chugged 69 cans of soda after breaking into a woman's car. Could you imagine if that thing got into Eric's car? And got oh, into- man. Have you seen I mean, that uh, movie? Got, like uh, stashes of cases of <laughs> Have you seen that movie Cocaine Bear? I've heard about it. I haven't watched it yet. It's supposedly based on a true story. Yeah, I've heard a- people say that it's, uh, it's not real close to the real story, but the real story is out there, too. Yeah, but, yeah, I don't know. It is, it is a true story, but I gotta, I gotta see it. I haven't seen that cocaine bear yet, but uh, this has got to <laughs> be cool. So this thing's got a sugar addiction now and a caffeine addiction, and it's yeah, be wired. Yeah, it's gonna be like uh, all hyped up and you know, like a drug addict. It's gonna have to go break into houses and yeah, dude. This is like, what was this person doing with sixty nine cans of soda in their vehicle and like. I don't know. That's, That's also a really weird number to have in your vehicle. Uh, yeah, an exact number of sixty-nine. Does that? How does that come out? Uh, yeah, I, not, I don't yeah, know. It doesn't even come out by the dozen, so it's not like he had so many cases. That's just a weird number. Yeah, 
I, I don't know. Maybe the guy's um, a pervert and he likes to not. I know. <laughs> maybe that's his number, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's maybe that's a clickbaity thing. Maybe it's a, a number that gets more clicks or something that they put right. on there. Um, yeah, that was in British Columbia, though. So uh, I wonder if he learned how to pop the cans. He's probably just biting through them. And I'd say them. he just was. Yeah. So if he was biting through them and, and kind of uh, lapping it up, he probably was only getting like an eighth of a can out of a can. Yeah, I'd say he didn't drink very much for a bear. You know, I'd say he just destroying them essentially. Um, I didn't actually watch this video to see if it's uh, the clip of the the bear or it's just a that's an ad. But uh, yeah, so you guys got a bunch of uh, sodas in your vehicle in your bear country. Beware there. Yeah, you know when we go up in the north, we got to be really careful. Like uh, you go to town to get some food or something, you don't want to leave it in your truck. Yeah, just takes once. They'll rip your door right off or anything just to to get a sandwich. What do they can do to get in there? Yeah. Yeah, it's the same when we were elk hunting in Colorado. You know, you had to be you had to be pretty conscious of what you were doing around there because the black bears there's there's uh, quite a few of them up there anymore. Since after they took away the spring season, nobody can really hunt them, um, or they don't hunt them as heavily because there's elk and mule deer season, deer and bear season. So people prefer doing that. But um, have you ever had a bear come into your guys's camp up there and like mess around much? Um, we found like, um, uh, once or twice, like paw prints on, um, uh, bait barrels or something, but, uh, they usually get scared off. They are pretty shy about coming right into your camp, but it just takes one bear. We have had, uh, gone into like uh campgrounds and they got signs up. There's a bear that's uh rogue that's coming to the campground, going into tents and stuff. And, um, we've had warnings from the, uh, wardens up there and stuff that, uh, there's, there's usually one bear or something because those bears, it's a learned thing. There's, they're not like deer. You know how deer will like live right underneath you? They'll live in your yeah. backyard right behind the house in some little spot where you don't look. Bears want to be as far away from people as possible. That They'll kind of sneak to food that's near you. Um, so they kind of avoid campgrounds. But you'll get one bear or something that might get really hungry and come in. And once yeah. they learn there's food there and they learn they can get away with it, then they just start getting more and more bold coming back and back and it's usually one or two bears that are rogue that do that it's not like they all just raid campgrounds yeah no i know i know like um we we used to go to gatlinburg a lot for vacation and there's always a, a few bears that seem to like to hang around those cabins mm -hmm. uh, that you'd stay in up there and they you know if you'd leave anything out they'd come and get it yeah the, um, the problem is people that feed them because yeah, if you, right. you start hand feeding bears or, or feed like like i feed the raccoons yeah, you get bold. Like even my raccoons, and then they get bold because I feed them. They'll come right. up on the porch. They'll try to break into the house. They, you know, they try to break my barrels open where I got the food. You know, and and uh, even the raccoons get brazen like that because you feed them, they lose their fear of humans. They look at you as a handout. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, we went as a family, like a whole my whole the whole Talker family went to uh, Gatlinburg. And we stayed in a big cabin, and my uncles were all there. My dad and Oh my gosh. They got to the, they had, we had a couple bears that wouldn't leave the camp or leave the cabin. And, um, they got my uncles and my dad got pretty friendly with the bear, mm. but they were also like, uh, probably doing some things they shouldn't have like, like feeding it. 
Yeah, they just they just thought it was cool. To do that too. Yeah, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, but you shouldn't. You know, no. it's going to affect oh, me. <laughs> like if, it's, if it was my yard and there's no other yards around and stuff, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, he rips my door. Yeah, off, new one up. Yeah. Um, I mean, it got so comfortable. It was like set on our the front porch of the place with a, and that was getting a little bit. Uh, my aunts and stuff weren't real happy about that, but my uncles thought it was cool. <laughs> I saw a video of a guy who was cooking steaks, and this bear comes up and it grabs a steak off of the uh, grill. Yeah, dude yeah. comes over and he just starts hitting it with a stick, and this was a giant bear. I was like, "Whoa, you're asking yeah. for!" And the bear wouldn't; it was just ignoring him, and he's hitting it with this stick. Going, Get out of here! Get out of here! I thought that bear was going to eat him, but it didn't. Took <laughs> a steak and laughed. Oh, yep. Um, let's go to the the next news article here. This one was pretty crazy. I, I, uh, I thought this was the most this bizarre one. I guess I've never another Wisconsin one. Yeah, let's see here. Um, yeah, you sent me this one earlier today. Uh, you can see right here. This this uh, bobcat is inside this guy's grill right here. Yep. Which is. <laughs> Could you That's imagine? That's a big bobcat. Yeah, it looks like a big, big old head on him. Um, and it is perfectly alive. Yeah. It's kind of stuck in there. Yeah, you can see here the guy's trying to uh, get him out, of, get it out of there. But uh, Dan, I hadn't, I didn't get to read the the article. Did they? Did the guy hit it, or did it just crawl in there hiding? I believe he hit it. Okay. It doesn't look like it did much damage. Like it just like must be, must have like perfectly went right into the the grill of it. Believe it or not, a few years back I seen the exact same scenario, and I bet you some of the people that are on here did with a coyote. Oh really? Yeah, went right through the guy's grill and was stuck in there. And they had all kinds of pictures of this coyote sitting in there, and a coyote's a little more docile than a bobcat. Though a bobcat is a pretty vicious animal. Yeah, yeah, the cats in general are. I mean, yeah. you know, if they're if they're in a corner or something. You know, believe it or not, all the animals that uh, I've uh, screwed around with, uh, chasing down and catching, or yep. you know, um, or working with with the rehab stuff, the worst bites and the worst attacks I've ever got is from house cats. Cats yep. are crazy. Oh, animals. they're vicious. Yeah, yeah. Or they they can if they're you know if they're uncomfortable. Um. Yeah, this was this was crazy though. I mean, I can't. I can't believe it survived getting hit like that on the, on the road. You know, it's not that big of. You know, they're decent sized animals, but it ain't like they're it ain't like they're two hundred pounds or anything where they could take a lot of force. But it must have just got lucky and just hit perfectly in the middle of that grill where it could just slide right through there and not um, get smashed. Yeah, anybody who doesn't think much of a bobcat, uh, I've seen videos of them things taking. <laughs> I've seen videos of them things taking down deer. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. They're pretty sturdy animals. Yeah, I've uh, I've seen a bunch of them now deer hunting, and uh, the craziest story, or the craziest time I've ever had an encounter with one was I was sitting there and it was getting to be like right at uh, maybe thirty minutes before light uh, was up, and all of a sudden, like every squirrel in the woods just freaked out. I mean, just making just hollering and and screeching and everything else. And I'm like, what the heck's going on? You know, they do and that when like, I don't mean I fart. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, that wasn't the case for this one, but uh, 
they uh they all just freaked out and then about like maybe 30 seconds later i was sitting on, on a ridge on a point and i i heard something come down the point and there was a bobcat coming walking just down the ridge all proud of himself he had a squirrel in his mouth i got one yep and that's what they were all all freaking out about um we i've seen them multiple times but usually they're they're pretty little they're elusive little creatures they they can uh, bounce around pretty undetected most of the time we don't have a lot of them in wisconsin but um or at least where i'm at they're yeah. more northern wisconsin animal but the ones we have in wisconsin are a lot bigger like i've been uh, like uh hunting in alabama i had a couple of them go by and they're they're tiny even as adults but here like the one you just saw in, in that video i mean they're pretty big animals i uh i had one come in while i was uh hunting in black river falls um you know about five years ago yeah i videotaped it it, it was walking underneath me and i uh I, I was trying to get the camera on it quick before it got out of the range so to stop it i i, I made a, a mouse noise I went yeah and that thing had just spun around on me and it just bolted mm. but uh, i did get some video of it but it was a mm. big animal big cat you can't They've just been... shoot them up. you gotta apply for them you gotta get a you gotta get points just like yeah. a bear hunting. it's not like down south where you can just buy small game license or something yeah we can't shoot them either here yet i know they've threatened to uh sell tags for them uh but they're still illegal to to shoot um Again, i know a lot of guys. nope nope there's no tags no tag system for them yet um but I, I've always heard rumblings the last couple of years of them trying, they're going to start letting people uh, take a few of them because there's a bunch of them now. I mean, there's, they're everywhere now. Um, and probably 10 years ago, there wasn't very many of them. I mean, we didn't have very many of them at all. And then just over the last probably eight to eight to five years, they've really uh, blown up in population, which I, I'm sure, I don't know exactly how many kittens they have, but it has to be quite a few. I mean, house cats have a whole bunch of them, you know, um but i uh i've got a bunch of points built up if, um, for a bobcat yeah i'm just uh trying to find somebody who um who hound hunts them I'd like yeah. to go out and chase one with a hound yeah that'd be the the best way of getting one i would imagine yeah so i find somebody then i'll uh then i'll uh, apply for the tag yep there you go if you guys know anybody that does that let Dan know. I think like I think Iowa, you could shoot them or trap them, and a lot of a lot of the Midwest states out there, you, you can. Know, uh, Scott Buckley's got some videos of trapping them. It's some pretty cool videos that uh, I believe. I believe I just saw a video of him trapping. Yeah, them. maybe it was a picture, but I thought it was a video. I don't know, but I don't but know, I know, I know. I know what you're talking about, though. I um, watched so many of the Bobcat videos that I'm not sure. If who's, who's, video or something, but I remember seeing him with a bobcat just recently. Like he posted an old picture of when he trapped or something. Yeah, yeah. I think you can trap them, or you know, I think you can harvest them or whatever you want to say in um, in Iowa. Mm -hmm. I don't know about Illinois if you can or not, but I can. I, I bet in the next five years in Indiana you'll be able to um, do something with them. Uh, I know a lot of guys trap them trappers around here i know they i know they catch them pretty often but can't you gotta let them go um anyway 
those are our three news articles for tonight. We didn't do one last uh, last show, so we made up for it tonight. <laughs> um, if you guys ever, I, I from time to time people will send me stuff on Facebook, but if you ever if you ever see anything real interesting, uh, don't be shy about sending it over. The worst I'll do is just you know not use it on here. If you guys see something that's kind of cool or uh, hunting related, uh, feel free to send it over to me. It's uh it's appreciated. Uh, Dan seems to you you seem to be attracted to news articles. You always get to some good ones. Yeah, everybody sends them to me. They need to be sending them to you. But yeah, them. that's it's all right. <laughs> but I, I also um, search a lot of stuff like that. I like the crazy articles. Yeah, so yeah. I, I, I find a lot of them just by chance. Because I'd say you're you know, right. lately you don't see any of that stuff anymore because all news revolves around uh, politics now. It's just kind of yeah. sad. There's hardly any. You know, it can be great stories, and you hardly even hear them anymore. Yeah. My mom just sent me a picture of their cat was uh, crawled up in their grill the other day. Mm. <laughs> um, so. Grilled cat. That sounds like something Ted Nugent would do. Yeah. <laughs> some barbecue sauce. and I don't hear much. Maybe it's my. Maybe I just don't uh, pay attention. I don't really hear much from him and anymore well, he's over 70 now yeah every now and then you hear something from but it's usually political now yeah i don't watch the outdoor channel either so maybe that's why i don't hear from him much but um i assume he's still making his spirit of the wild tv show um he looks pretty good for a 70 year old for a old rock and roll guy you know yeah he did he didn't look like he's that old um I know last time I kind of saw something about him, he was struggling with his knees. It seemed like seemed like he was really having a hard time getting around the woods um, with his knees. But I did a show um, back in the '90s in St. Louis, and uh, he came to the show, and uh, th they kept calling bomb, um, yeah. bomb scares or whatever. They kept, the anti-hunters kept saying they're going to blow the place up, and they kept evacuating us. Then they just quit evacuating after a while because they knew it was a hoax. But uh, it was interesting because I, uh, he was right next to me, and I was talking to the staff and stuff, and uh, he won't let any of them, like, uh, drink soda in front of them or smoke in front of them or anything like that. They can't, you know, he brings all his own food to those shows and stuff because he won't really? eat, like, what and stuff. So that's probably why he lives so long, you know. Yeah, there. I mean, he only eats. The, you, you know, he preaches you you should only eat the game you shoot. Well, that's fine if you're rich and you can hunt all the time. Yeah, true. <laughs> average guy can't live off of what he shoots because he can't shoot that much. Right. Not what it would cost in tags to shoot that much. Right. Right. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, that's a that is a a weird thing. Like it. uh all of us, I'm sure, that are hunters and are into it would be way better off, you know, just going and buying a beef or something uh, from your local farm market compared to spending all the time and money we uh, invest into hunting. Um, you never know what they're doing to your meat and stuff, too, now. They put food right. color in it. They, do, they put preservatives in it to, to keep, make it stay red on the shelf. You know, anybody who's cut steak knows within 15 minutes it's brown. It doesn't look appetizing. When it hits air, when you cut yeah. it. Right. So they do things to 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 um, keep it, you know, looking, yeah, appeasing, appetizing, and yeah. uh, now um, 
I'm seeing news articles come out about their, their um, a bunch of companies are starting to put uh, huge food companies are starting to put uh, um, I can't think of the word for it that stuff that's in that shot for uh, COVID. They're putting it in the meat now because they don't want because people won't get the shot. Hmm. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mostly in pork. But I, you know, um, they're just talking about it now. But they're it's been okayed. Um, I hope they're putting it on the label because, I mean, hiding yeah. it in there would be awful. Yeah, that sounds crazy. I mean, for for me, and they start doing crap like that, that makes me want to eat wild meat more, even more. I mean, sure. Yeah, uh, or raise I, your I, own I, or something. What I put in my body, not not the government. Yeah, that seems like they shouldn't. I don't know. Even the food color, I don't want that stuff. I'd rather have the brown meat. But you yeah, know, some people just won't eat it if it looks like that. And the trouble is that, like a meat company or or something like, if they're going to sell meat, you know, they want to be the ones with the brown meat. If everybody else is doing it, they're not going to stop. So you, right. you'd wish like the FDA or something would, would jump in and you know. But uh, yeah. I guess what we got on our, our side is we just have to kill more deer and eat them. Yeah, there you go. You know, they think it seems like people are getting more educated and all that kind of stuff than they used to be with like, you know, the the media that's out there now that can, you know, I guess the whatever you call it, freelance media that where you can on YouTube or podcast mm-hmm. where you can be a little more educated about what's going on. And you you think they would. I don't know. The, yeah, the trouble with that is, is you know, if, if a person gets too honest and starts saying stuff about the wrong things, um, they control the, the YouTube and stuff, so they, they yeah. knock you out that way, you know? Well, that's why I listened to something the other day on Joe Rogan. That's why he went to Spotify, essentially, was, you know, he was yeah. kind of seeing writing on the wall with some of the stuff he was talking about with COVID um, and YouTube, you, so. You know, even me, I mean, um, I got so many messages, I mean, literally probably close to a thousand messages about how um you know if i cared i'd go to rumble which is the alternative for uh youtube yeah and we're both on rumble yep so i did start a rumble page because i feel that way too the rumble Mm -hmm. pays but i need my income out of youtube so i mean if i get the rumble income coming that'd be great but literally out of those thousand people who emailed me about going to rumble i got like 100 people following me there yeah. So I mean they talk but they don't they don't you know. Yeah. Yeah, all my stuff goes automatically to Rumble as well as YouTube. Yeah, mm-hmm. Um but it is what it is. I mean this is YouTube is a I mean I'm very thankful for YouTube because it allows us to do what we do, you know. If it wasn't Right. I mean that's If it was point. just Rumble, we couldn't do it, you know. Yeah, I'm not even making money off of Rumble anymore. I mean, it wasn't the beginning. Yeah. It wasn't very much. It was very little. Yeah. Like dollars. Like uh, all the advertisers go on YouTube, even the hunting yeah. advertisers that yeah. say they hate YouTube, they advertise on YouTube. Yeah, I mean, Rumble's got a really good uh, place to uh, advertise because because uh, they don't have as much advertising, so you get to be like the only ads. If you get right? Out. Yeah, but, it's just the the platform is just so much smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. I I I honestly like. You know, YouTube, you know, they, they've had their ups and downs with hunting stuff, but it seems like everybody's at this moment, it's it's pretty good. You know, they, they went through a spell there where they were getting rid of some channels, but they seem like they turned that around. And I haven't really heard any rumblings well, it's, of any of that. A couple of the real big hunting channels got on board yeah. with uh, standing up against them. Yeah. 
then they uh then they changed their tune and said that uh a couple rogue employees had uh banned those channels and they let those channels have their income back and paid them back for the money that right. they lost holder money and uh yeah. stopped that so i mean they're not like totally anti-hunting or anything they're just no they're mm -hmm. just you know more liberal based yeah sure i'm sure i mean i think they're based out of california and that's mm -hmm. you know naturally the employees that are going to be there probably they're probably going to have some that aren't okay with with uh, our kind of content but um but i think they at least they... the thing that annoys me is the like like you get one little drop of blood on your screen or something they take yeah your i know that's that is a pain mm -hmm. um yeah i think like two of my uh well i think one of them ended up getting overturned so i think two of my hunts this year one of them i guess got demonetized because of whatever reason you know some something they didn't like about it Garrett, gary's was one of them and i think that was because we packed it out and the head cut was the on meat. the yep. yeah we, yep. cut, we cut, the, cut the meat and the yeah, other and one then was my, there's other other shows that do like how to how to cut up a deer and yeah. it's okay yeah but on ours they deem that is not okay and and it's because yeah. we're our show about processing meat. Just... Yeah. Yeah. I don't, it's, there's no rhyme or reason to a lot of it. It seems like, it seems like. Well, the thing is too, is, is I think they got a whole bunch of people hired to monitor that stuff. Yeah. And it depends on who you get. If the guy's like, right. more like he likes hunting and stuff, or if you get some guy who's a, a tree hugger who loves animals or thinks we're awful people, but has to put up with us. Right. We don't have a chance. Band, you know? Yeah. Yeah yeah hmm. what do you what do you like watch on do you watch tv dan or you just stick to you just you, uh watch youtube i watch uh mostly youtube and uh on netflix we uh we shut down most of the tv i mean um um we had uh dish and yeah. uh um i told dish they had to take off disney and they had to take off um a couple of the um um, liberal um, news networks that were uh, very offensive to our family and uh, they said they wouldn't take it off and uh, I didn't even argue the money and still pay them the price but they have to take those channels off my channel and uh, they wouldn't do it so I uh, I had them take the TV uh, the dish off yeah it's I've, I don't we haven't had dish in a long time but I've mm -hmm. heard people say that the price of it gets ridiculous mm -hmm. anymore um, I mean, if people don't make a stand for stuff they believe in, I mean, everybody complains, but they don't, they don't make a stand. You know, yeah. same thing like we we're just talking about with YouTube. If you don't believe in it, don't do it. You know. Yeah. Don't right. watch it. I mean, right. I'm kind of stuck in a conundrum. Uh, yeah. You know, because uh, they're paying me an awful lot of money. Yeah. But uh, um, the average person is not getting paid by them. They don't have to to do that. Yeah. Right. Right. Like I said, I, I I don't really have many complaints about YouTube. You know, they had that spill with with yeah. um, They they seem they seem like they 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 ride the line. I mean, they they yeah. do a lot a lot of um, conservative news on there and stuff. It's just you know some of it they you know they deem it as uh, misinformation or something. Right, right. That, Which we're, that stuff. Yeah, we don't have to deal with that usually. You know, it's not mm -hmm. really up our alley, but no, I could, I could see. You know, they seem to leave the hunters alone to to degree. They just mm -hmm. don't like blood. And... Yeah, we have to keep blood out of everything. That's why if you ever see watch our videos and it's like 
it turns black and white. Like I've had people comment on our videos saying like, Hey, something's wrong with your camera. You need to fix that. It's not, we have to, if there's any blood at all, we have to black and white it out. So people, so the YouTube can't tell that it's blood essentially. Um, yeah, my biggest annoyance with, with YouTube was the, uh, that song that I do. I had my yeah. nephew make me a song, the hunting beast. Yeah. And I uh, love that song and, and uh, all the viewers love that song. They're always asking for it to come back. And the yeah. reason I don't have it in all my shows is because every time I put it in the show, um, Ozzy Osbourne's um, producers or whoever owns his record agency or whatever. Yeah, they have a copyright um, on it. Puts puts a ding on me. And they automatically take their side. If so, if somebody dings you as it's their music, YouTube automatically takes their side and you have to prove it's not. And they get half of your income until you prove it. And yeah. your main yeah. income is right at the beginning when your show first comes out. And every time I win it, and why do I have to prove it 50 times? If you only had to prove it once, you'd do it and get it over with. But every single time they ding it, and every yeah. single time I have to prove it, and every single time I lose half my income until until I prove it. So that's why I don't play that song on there. I can play little portions of it that don't have certain beats because they have a thing on there that picks yeah. up your beat. That's Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people ask how I put. Like, I've had people ask me what music and stuff I use, or what that what's that song. And it's I have to pay a like, I have a subscription. It's called Sound um, Sound Stripe. I think it's what it's called. But I, I I have to pay a monthly subscription to it to be able to use it on YouTube. So uh, it's not very much, but a lot of a lot of people have asked about that, and that's the only that's the only way I get uh, away with playing music on YouTube because you got to actually subscribe to a particular site that allows it. Um, but anyway, all right, we can stop chit chatting about, <laughs> about everything other than hunting and our, our, uh, you think people actually want to talk about hunting? <laughs> I think people are interested in that kind of stuff. That's kind of like behind the scenes of what we deal with. Um, yeah. Want to talk about, uh um attitude towards hunting and attitude as a as a deer hunter for just a uh we, we were worried about this not being long enough and here we are 40 minutes in and we haven't even started our yeah. our uh, conversation but yeah i think it's a good topic it is it's something that we probably can't talk about for an hour but i think it was a good good subject to bring up tonight mm -hmm. um and i think um I, I attribute like a lot of my success as a deer hunter, uh, uh, to my, my attitude, you know, I, it's a, it's pretty rare for me to be down when I'm deer hunting or not think I'm going to shoot something to, you know, on a hunt. Yep. Um, and I've been with people that are quite the opposite and it's pretty miserable whenever they're, you know, miserable they're like for you too. I mean, yeah, I do not want to be around negative people that brings you down and makes you negative. Yeah, I want to be around positive people, and it's hard to get across because not everybody has a good attitude, and and it's not something that you can just change overnight. I mean, a lot of people, it's just their personality is uh, always looking at the dark side. You know, you yep. go um, you go on a hunt, um, and it's eighty degrees out, and uh, it's you know you know like the lull of October, and uh, you're thinking, okay, I'm going to go to water. The deer should be coming into water. Um, I can go get over here. I think this will work. If it doesn't, we'll try this. We'll try that. Um, maybe we'll try the mornings because it's cooler in the mornings. And the other guy's like, 
uh, we should just go home. This is, you know, we need to save our vacation for when it's cooler. We, and it's like, I don't want to hear that. I'm here right now and I'm hunting. I want to go out there and, and look at the positives and kill something. And those negative guys just will not kill deer. Even if they stay there and they hunt, they'll yeah. bring you down for bringing them along. Number one. And number two, they're not going to kill something because they don't believe in themselves. They're going to have ass set up. They're not going to be worried about where they set up. They're not going to be thinking about things fully because they're not expecting to kill deer because they don't believe in themselves. They don't believe in what they're doing. And I, I fully believe that if you if you have that negative attitude that you're, you're just not going into it right. You know, yeah. you think about um, when we're on a hunt. I mean, my head is always spinning about what's my next move. Why did this happen? Where am I going? You know, what are the deer doing? What do I got to do different to make this work? You know, if I tried this and it didn't work, what, what about that? And if you're not, if you got a negative attitude, you're just like, okay, I'm just going to hop to that spot. I'm just, and you're not really thinking about the, you're, you're dwelling on the bad. You're yeah. not going to kill deer. You're not going to sit till dark. You're going to want to get down early. When a deer does show up, you're not going to be ready. You're going to be fidgeting in the stand, looking at your phone and stuff because you don't believe one's coming. And the deer is going to catch you. You might not even see it catch you. Right. You know, where I'm going to be in that stand, believing in myself. I'm going to be concentrating on what's coming in and, and blah, blah, blah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm a firm believer, believer that like thinking you're going to kill one is most of the battle when you're like, right. um, cause you know, at that point in time, whenever you're, you are, um, your attitude is positive. Like it's, there is reasons it's positive. You know, you probably are in a, you feel like you're in a good spot or mm-hmm. um, whatever, but man, you're right though. Like when, it, like when I think about like, uh, you know, it's going to rain tonight, you know, I, I, my mind immediately goes to, Oh, I can get in quiet. Oh, if that, if that rain stops for just five sure. minutes, it's, it's going to be good. Whereas a lot of guys will be like, Oh, it's raining. Screw this. I'm not going, you know? Um, and and it's kind of a shame that it's, it's like that. But like you said, man, there are some people in life that it's just the only way they know how to be is uh, negative. So, you um, know, that's fine and dandy. And, but how do we take these people that are listening to this right now and have a negative attitude about what we're saying and turn yeah. and turn, turn their um, outlook positive? How do they become positive people? I mean, because a lot of people even recognize they got negative feelings and negative thoughts. They just don't know how to change it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a tough question. I, I, um, I think if you are that, like if you're deer hunting and you can't find something that positive, like, I don't know, maybe you need to think about other things in life that's making you miserable. You know, I, I don't know. I think, um, I think if a guy's going through a grind and he's just really getting more and more negative, you need to take a break. Yeah. For Hunting's sure. supposed to be fun. You're supposed to enjoy it. So just take a break, walk away from it for a little while, do something else. Um, yeah. But there, there are, you know, I think one thing that helps a lot is to, if you scout a lot yeah, and you have confidence, you scout for what you're going to do. Like if you put all your scouting into, you know, I'm going to hunt during the rut and I'm going to kill a deer during the rut. I'm going to find rut funnels. I'm going to find rut this, rut that. And then you go out in early season and it's hot out and you're like, well, I can't kill a deer. They're not going to come through the funnels. They're not going to do this. They're not going to do that. You know, you yeah. got to you got to scout and find sign and in setups for early season if you're going to hunt early season. Right. You have to know how to hunt that. 
you, you have to have confidence in what you're doing and believe in what you're doing. So you have to work towards that. I think I have yep. my most confidence when I come off of a year where I scouted like crazy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Found yeah, a lot yeah, of yeah. spots. So that scouting really helps uh, and really having yeah. a grasp on what you're doing, looking at the maps before you go, knowing what you're going to have for weather, knowing what you're going to have for obstacles, and then thinking before you go what your plan's going to be if you run into those things instead of just being suddenly hit by, okay, it's going to thunderstorm you know, or it's going to be 90 degrees instead of being suddenly hit by that, know it's coming, know it in advance, look at some maps, think about what you're doing and go into it, you know, you know, with a plan and a plan will, it will give you a lot more confidence. Yep. You know, that's a good, that's a good point is like, um, something that I know me and you both do that probably gives us more confidence is man, like during season, if I'm not on something like, uh, people don't seem to, think that it's okay to scout during during season right. you know you like the tree all day long you know yeah. how many times i get yelled at yeah. because i'm scouting on a road trip well, <laughs> how do you think you get on a deer you go find it that's how you get your confidence that's how you 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 hunt them yeah. and, and you and you're the same way i mean we we got to go out there and get on deer you know and and like you said i mean if you're not onto something sitting in that tree all day that's your negative nancy i mean after two days of sitting in that tree seeing nothing they're going home going there's no deer moving where well, I'm going to yeah. go find it, get on them. And right. so are you. Yeah. I mean, I've watched you, you got that same thing that I got in me where you just go find them and, and hunt them. And yeah. I, I always revert back to that time that we were doing the, uh, the, uh, battle of the bows mm-hmm. and that buck ran in front of us and you had more confidence in than I did in that. Yeah. You were yeah. like, I'm going to kill that buck tomorrow. And I was like laughing at you. You <laughs> 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 did. kill it. The next day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know what, uh, I don't know. Like if you're a type of person that everything is, you're a pessimist, pessimistic or whatever you want to say. Um, I, I don't know what the answer is. I, I know I've heard like, um, Steven Ronella talk about he's, he's mostly pessimistic. He's not real, um, positive most of the time during mm-hmm. hunting but for some reason he, stories when he talks about hunting he's got like a kind of like yeah a pessimistic yeah. attitude there. um so i don't i don't know you can also you could probably be negative and still kill deer you know and all that but um it sure yeah, seems I would, like i would have to say i would have to say with me i think that my positive attitude um it probably is one of my best skills because I think that that outweighs a lot of uh, actually um, the skills I have. I think it's right. that important that it's more important than a lot of other things. Oh and yeah, I, think I think it. I think people rank the scouting, the stand selection, the spots, and how you're doing things more. Um, but I, I also believe that that's probably because they believe that that's the stuff they can change. But I think your right. attitude, changing your attitude, is way more important than all of that. Because that belief, I mean, if I, I can tell you right now that every time I go out and hunt out of a tree, I fully believe I'm going to kill a big buck that day. Yeah. And how often does it actually happen? Not very often. Yeah. Right. But I fully believe that. And if I didn't believe it, I wouldn't hunt in that tree. I'd just keep scouting until I found the tree that I believed I'm going to kill that buck that night. I yeah. set up where I believe the buck I'm hunting is going to be that night 
or that evening in daylight or that morning in daylight and I set up for the kill or I, I just keep hunting. But like we've talked before, I mean, I don't even want to hunt one, just walk up to it and shoot it. Mm-hmm. I want, I want that chest match. So I, I fully believe on every hunt, I'm going to kill that buck. And I think if a guy's going out there and he doesn't believe in himself and he's just thinking, well, if I sit out here in enough trees long enough, I'll kill one. He's going to have a long season. That's where the word grind came from. Right. Right. To your point about taking a break during season, you know, taking a day off. It's like most of us that really love deer hunting, that's all it takes is to, is like missing, you know, just, just skipping (laughs) one hunt. And then all of a sudden you're like, all right, I'm ready to go again. You know, I'll fire it up about it. Uh, or at least I know that's how I am. You, you, uh, you know, uh, I've had it where you you like, I'm pounding for like 20 days in a row hard. Yeah. And then I shoot a buck and I'm like, okay, you know, it's, it's after rut and stuff. I'm just done. Season's almost over. And I can tell you, like, it doesn't take two days of sitting yeah. at home where I'm like, nope, I got to go hunting. Yeah. <laughs> I got to go somewhere. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm the same way. I'm the same way. I mean, it's usually not even a day. It's usually like, the evening I'm skipping it, you know, you're just thinking like, man, I wish I was out there, you know, for, for whatever, uh, reason. Yeah. Um, that's a yeah, good, I'm not one of those guys that sits around staring at a buck dwelling on it, like uh, drinking a beer and just staring at the buck and calling all his buddies. Once that buck's done down dead. Yeah. It's on to the next one. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then another thing is, is like, I, I know some people, and they're good hunters for sure, but they are so negative. And I think this is something else that uh, plays into people becoming negative in a different way. Um, they're so negative towards other hunters and making it into some competition against everybody else that they're almost like paranoid that people are going to follow them around or they're going to be hunting their spots or mm-hmm. someone's hunting this area. Now I'm screwed. What the heck? Or, uh, I mean, I know guys that I don't think they have any friends anymore because they're so worried about people hunting on them or hunting in their area or knowing where they're hunting. Um, and man, that just seems like a bad, bad way to be, you know, yeah, you, you got um, You bring up a great point. You see it every day online. Yeah. Listen to all the negativism. Like, well, I can't kill a deer because all these guys are crossbows. What the yeah. hell do you care if somebody shoots? With a crossbow? <laughs> they're like, it's too easy. And it's like, that's too easy for them. Yeah. What do you care? Go, go, go prove that you can do it with your bow. Yeah. Your curve, whatever you're using. Who cares what everybody else is doing? You, you know, honestly, it's just uh, bizarre. And if you think it makes hunting too hard, well, then go to a private ranch and pay to shoot a tame deer. Yeah. You know, if you want it easier. You, you, yeah. you know, it's supposed to be hard. It's supposed to be tough. It's supposed to be a challenge. Just go out yeah. there and have fun and do it. And don't worry about what everybody else is doing. You know, whether they're sitting over a corn pile or they're cheating or they're doing, it's not supposed to be a competition. Just yeah. go out and do it the right way yourself. And, you know, some people, I mean, they, they hunt for 10 years and never kill a deer and they're happy with that and content. And we should yeah. all take a lesson from that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and this, my opinion on this isn't a popular one at all. Um and I, I don't know if I fully believe my own opinion yet, but like, uh, I think this like overcrowding thing and people are going to hate me for this, but like, I think it's a little bit of it is just people trying to like make an excuse for themselves. Exactly. I agree fully. I get that same idea. It's like, really? 
you remember the people getting so upset because I said I hunted at Fort McCoy? Yeah. When we hunted, when we hunted there. Yeah. And and they're like, we're gonna tell where you hunt. And I'm like, well, Fort McCoy is the size, the public land there, or the land you can hunt in Fort McCoy. There isn't that much land in the three counties around my house. Do you want to tell people what three counties I hunt in? Go yeah. ahead. Yeah. You know, it's not like I'm pinpointing the spots. I mean, these people are nuts. You know, and and I, you know, we're not telling people. You're right. I think that it's just an excuse. I can't kill one yeah. because they came here and, and, and showed everybody. You, you know, and those spots come and go. You just float around. Nobody who is a good hunter goes to some place because I went there or you went there. Yeah. Good hunters go find places to hunt and hunt there, and they don't want to go to popular places. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I mean, if you get an upswing in hunters, it's an upswing of idiot hunters. You know, yeah. anybody that goes around trying to steal other people's spots or. Right. I mean, they're, they're, not, I mean, they're not good hunters. They're not killing stuff. There's, I mean, there's probably not very many people in the country that hunted more public land than me this year, like in different mm -hmm. states, you know? I mean, I hunted in whatever, five different states on public yep. land. And like I had, I encountered two people like in the woods, like where I was going to, you know, I was hunting the same diff general area, you know? And I'm just like, you know, I, I don't know. I don't see it as I don't see it as as much as other people. And now I'm not going to PA and I'm not I wasn't in, you know, South Southern Michigan or, you know, some of those areas. But like the place I did see people, it was like it was a thing. The uh, interaction I had was with like it was in Illinois, which was the last place I thought I'd have issues mm -hmm. with with people. And it was like just an old man that was out there hunting and it was fine. You know, he was sitting on the ground with a crossbow, not, not in my way. I wasn't in his way. And we chatted for 30 minutes after a deer hunt. And it's like, I'm glad I'm, I'm glad he was there. I'm glad I got to talk to him. And like, um, I don't know, maybe, maybe this year I'll eat my words and I'll have, you know, 40 different people hunting everywhere I go. But well, those, um, those people are just the pessimists. They're the people we're talking yeah. about. The bad attitude. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like I said, that's probably an unpopular opinion. They'll probably send us some more messages after the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just want to be honest. Like I'm not. Like I don't have any. Um, you know, I'd, I'd be. I'd be better off in my own situation to be like, "There's people everywhere. Quit hunting." You know, right. but it's it's not what I see, and I just can't be. I can't be dishonest about that. Like, right. Um, and you know, the and and then the people that I, I've had these conversations with about like overcrowding. It's like they hunt the same freaking piece of WMA or whatever the case may be all the time. They don't move, you know, it's like they hunt this spot and that's it. I'm like, well, yeah. go somewhere else. You know, I, like I don't the, know. The whole uh, attitude of uh, you ain't doing that where I live. And then we go there and do it. And it's like, now you brought all these people here. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. you know, or you hear the, uh, you, you know, well, that's cause you're in Wisconsin or that's cause you're in Iowa. Yeah. That's cause you're, yeah. You know, People wise, Wisconsin is definitely the most people I saw more than yeah. Michigan. More you know, than where I hunt, the population of hunters is insane. Yeah. You know, I, I laugh at these people that say that they won't park in a parking lot if there's a truck there. If I did that, yeah, I wouldn't that have would... to hunt because there's 10 cars in every parking lot. I mean, yeah. our, our rut, these parking lots are all full of guys. It's like gun yeah. season in other places. Yeah. Um, and I think it's even worse where I hunt in Wisconsin. I think you, you've, told me that before like that up north of you like you're telling you you need to come down and hunt by me yeah <laughs> um and even then like yeah there are there are 
uh, when I was hunting up there, I hunted up there a lot, you know, um, and I'm not, I'm not talking about Western Wisconsin where I shot my buck, but in, in central Eastern Wisconsin, um, well, you got a good one up there, right? A yeah, I killed, yeah. I killed a nice one up there and it's like, Despite um, your bad attitude. huh? Despite your bad attitude. Yeah. But, uh, there was people in parking lots and stuff, but even then, like, there's still like, I, I never ran into anybody where I wanted to go, you know, mm -hmm. and hunt per se. Well, that's the uh, thing by me. I mean, I go to a parking lot and there's 10 cars there. I go out and I don't run into people. Yeah. Because I'm hunting overlooked spots because I've pre-scouted. I know where people hunt and where they yeah. don't. You know where the deer are. If if there's big bucks out there, that pressure actually helps me. Mm -hmm. Because puts that, them where they need to be. I, exactly. It puts them where they belong. Yeah. And I get that, like, not everybody can scout and hunt like we do. That's that's true. But, uh, um. Anyway, what I was going to say about uh, the where I was hunting in Wisconsin is like um, I had to get told like Gary had to tell me like you just just got to go because I, I was like oh there's someone in this parking lot I'll go I'll go somewhere else um, so I, I was one of those yeah because when I hunted down by you I don't think yeah, I, I ever parked in you know, a parking lot where I saw another car yeah you don't run into many people during bow season oh I, I think there was one where we saw a car and it was a huge huge property place you sent us yeah we ran into the guy he recognized us yeah like, he recognized you here. yeah yeah he was hunting like a zach ferrenball didn't he tell, tell you that yeah yeah he wandered through all the stuff i was about to go into <laughs> yeah he's walking around the just walking around uh but even then like you just you kind of like it really wasn't whenever you talked about it it wasn't a negative experience for no you. I, it was just, I was glad i knew what he did and then i just yeah. used that to my advantage and i and I scouted. I mean, it's not a negative thing. You know, um, people are just too, you know, they're looking for excuses, if you ask me. They're looking for yeah. things to blame. Where yeah. that's the whole thing with the attitude that we're talking about. You know, attitude is everything. Take that. I think the sheriffs are the ones that came up with that first, ain't it? Attitude is everything. It's a motto of the uh, sheriff's department. Um, yeah. But uh, it is. It's everything. It makes a difference. Everything in life. It's not just hunting. It's everything in life. Like at work. I mean, well, I got guys that come in there and they, they complain about everything. You just tell them, just go find a job you like. You yeah. Know? Oh, yeah, man. That's the uh, um, epitome of the American, like, middle class is, like, going to someplace you just absolutely hate for four years. You know, it's like, gosh, that's rough. Um, I can't stand it when I'm hunting with somebody and they tell me they want to go home. They're not having fun. Uh, my legs hurt. This, but I can't stand that. I don't even want to yeah. be around them. I just want to go out there and just push my body to the limit, my mind to the limit, and find that deer. And to me, when it's like I push my body as far as I can and I drain myself and then I kill the deer, that's like the, the epitome, like like winning. You're like You feel like Rocky, you know, after yeah. you went through like the – 12 rounds and then finally knocked the dude out. Yeah. yeah. That's what you feel like. I mean, to me, that's, that's my type of hunting. You know, I want, I want that challenge. I want to push as hard as I can to gain results. Yep. All right. Let's stop talking about this before we get everybody hating us. Already <laughs> the haters already hate. Um, changing them. I was going to ask you one more thing. Did you ever, uh, I mean, you were texting yesterday about both sides. Did you ever decide what you're going to do? Uh, I didn't yet. Um, 
I looked at the one you suggested and I, uh, I got some suggestions from, um, Mitch at prime. Yep. Um, and I might just go to one of these archer shops and look at some. Um, yeah, I see there's some that are real similar to the expensive ones that are real cheap, but I'm wondering if they're chintzy plastic. Yeah. You got to watch that. Yeah. Especially how, how hard you are on that, on that stuff, you know? Yeah. That's what Um, um, Mitch was kind of alluding to. He was like, uh, you need something that when you, uh, throw that bow out of the tree, like you keep doing that it withstands it. So what, uh, which one, do you remember which one he recommended at all? He, he uh, would be a better person to ask than me. Like I, I've only used one the last you know handful of years. Uh, he told me what he uses and, and that guy knows his stuff. Yeah. Right. Let's see here. Maybe people can uh, leave us a comment. So spot hog grinder. Yeah, anything yeah, spot hog gold is usually rush. pretty. What was the other one? Black gold rush. Yeah, anything spot hog is pretty. Uh, they're made like tanks. They're a little heavy, but uh, that's for a reason, you know. I mm-hmm. shot a spot hog. Uh, it's been probably back in 2015. I had a spot hog for a while. It's a really good bow sight. Um, I've been shooting a B3 the last few years, and I've been pretty happy with it. But for those that don't know, I, I, I've got a, um, I don't, I'm not liking the uh, single pin adjustable sight. Yeah. I would like to have a, a 20, a 30, and a 40 pin again, like old school. Yep. Instead of trying to adjust or something. Because I find myself not actually adjusting because it's on the fly and I got, mm-hmm. can't move and stuff because I'm in a bean pole tree or whatever. And I'm aiming a little high or a little low based on the, the distance. I would rather have three pins solid locked in a position yeah right where they're at i'd like to go back to that yeah it's kind of crazy what uh people like pick up on in the videos i i i have two bow sides i have a a b3 exact hunter which is a movable one and it it has three pins but it's the bottom pin you can move it up and down the housing moves up and down it's just like just like yours but um, and I put that on for Nebraska because I wasn't real sure how open the terrain was or if I was going to get into some mule deer or something and I could have a farther shot. Maybe I wanted to have that option. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I hunted with that like most of the year. And then in, uh, I had a pretty big gap between Ohio and when I went to Illinois and I, during that gap, I, I changed over to my B3, just my, uh, uh, fixed pin sites that don't move, you know, just cause I, I do like that better if I, Mm-hmm. If I can get away with it, and man, there was a, a quite a few people that like messaged me like, "What what was wrong with your old site?" And I'm like, "Oh, nothing. I just got I got two op. You know, I keep two options uh, in the bag." But uh, I'm with you though. I like I like fixed pins. I like multiple pins too. Mm-hmm. All right, Hunter had a good question for you. Dan, we'll answer a few questions tonight, and then we'll hop off here, everybody. Make sure if you guys got questions to leave them in the comments, and I'll try to get to them. Also, uh, don't forget to hit the like button and hit the subscribe button if you like what we're, we're doing so you can guys get notified when we pop up here. Uh, Dan, he's noticed most of your setups, trees are dying off. How much has that changed your setup strategy and deer bedding compared to 10 years ago when the trees were alive? And had leaf cover. It's changed a lot. I mean, uh, um, it seems like um, all the trees in the low wetland where a lot of the big bucks are in, in this portion of Wisconsin, and in a lot of areas actually, um, mm-hmm. get down to low areas because there's bucks in, in low flat land seem to like 
being isolated by water in brush. And the only types of trees up in the north that grow in that is ash trees. And all the ash yep. trees are going extinct. They're dying. So most of the trees I'm hunting in are dead. And a lot of the areas just don't even have any trees. They've already fallen. Um, so it is hard because they see you a lot. But um, I'm used to hunting bean poles anyways. I mean, and the leaf cover was a lot better. You know, you were able to turn sideways, blend in a little bit more and stuff. And now I, I you know, I still get in those same trees and I, I blend in okay. Uh, if you hunt those trees more than once, they'll spot you out of them. But yeah. you get them off guard the first time, you get away with it a little. You know, I still get busted because of it, but you got to push limits, you know. And uh, I think you're up in the sky and they're down in them cattails and they're in a, like a jungle. And But mm-hmm. uh, what it's really changed more is the bedding. Um, that leaf cover on those trees um, used to create a shadow at that high ground that's under the tree and create a bedding spot. Without the leaves, that those bedding spots are going dry and the deer are moving back up further, so I have to move back up further too. Um, so it's altered the bedding. It's um, it's altered the, uh, the uh, you know, the leaf cover and stuff like you said, but uh, I just hunt out of them anyways. The main thing is that the trees are disappearing. Um, some of the spots you got to get on the ground more or you got to get in bushes. Yeah. I'm hunting out of a lot of buckthorn, you know, where you can hardly get a stand in it. But if you, you, you know, if you got the right stand, <laughs> you can get in them. Yeah. But uh, um, hunting in bushes, pulling together, you know, to make a tree. Um, because it really does help to get just a little off the ground. Everybody wants to hunt on the ground. But when you're in heavy brush and stuff where these deer live, trying to get a shot without cutting shooting lanes off the ground is very difficult. Yeah. Um, so if you can get just elevated above that brush level so you can shoot down into the deer, it's real helpful. Yep. Rick says you have a good story about someone eating a raw squirrel. Oh yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe he remembers that, but that was, that was his best buddy, Glenn. That was, that was Rick's best friend. Glenn Potts. Maybe he'll hear this sometime, but he's probably in prison. <laughs> that was way back in high school um memory. so uh yeah i was at a uh, party with some buddies and stuff and uh the one buddy i mean this is way back in high school right right so the one buddy his dad was a traveling salesman so um his dad would go out of town so we'd all go to his house and hang out and, and uh he lived in an apartment in milwaukee and uh he would give him some money for food and uh, we'd use that for beer, so it'd be starving, you know. So, uh, so I had the right idea that we we're gonna, you know, um, use some old stale bread to bait squirrels. And he was on the second floor of an apartment up, up high, and there's a park behind his uh, apartment. So we we're gonna shoot squirrels off the um, banister with a BB gun or pellet gun or whatever he had, and uh, just when people weren't around, and we put this bread out for food for bait, you know. Every time a squirrel come in here, we we pop the squirrel and take them in and clean them. And I killed about like five of them, and we took them in, and we cleaned them, and cut them into like little pieces. And I didn't know anything about cooking squirrels. My mom always cooked them, you know. Yeah. I was just a teenager, so um, I just you know put them in a pan with some butter or whatever and tried frying them. You know, no cover or nothing. You can imagine how that came out, right? They looked great. They looked golden brown and stuff. But then you you cut into them, they're cold inside and they're bleeding and <laughs> We ended up just leaving them sitting on the stove and they're sitting up there for a few hours and we we're doing something and uh, 
Glenn comes over and, uh, comes walking in and, and he was kind of like a, um, little slow. So he goes into the kitchen and he's like, what's to eat? And he's going through the fridge and stuff. And he goes, what is this? And, uh, one of the guys is like a squirrel. They don't like it. And he comes in, he starts eating those squirrels and he eats the whole pan of it's raw squirrels. And he had blood running on his chin and stuff. It was just mm. the grossest thing we ever saw. We're all just like, <laughs> at least the squirrel doesn't go to waste. He ate them. There you go. Maybe he's onto something. Maybe that's the way to eat squirrel. Just plink yeah. him with a 22 and He'd bite it into him. I don't, we've, uh, I've ate a lot of squirrel in my life. Um, we used to do quite a bit of squirrel hunting when I was younger. They uh, they definitely got to cook them right for, um, you know. Yeah, you got to cook them to tender them too because it looked like he was really having to rip them with his teeth <laughs> off. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we made like a buffalo chicken squirrel one night uh, during squirrel season a few years back. It was pretty good, really. Um, mm. Yeah. Jesse had a question about confidence, about boosting your um, – what's a good way to boost your confidence during this season when you have very limited time to hunt? He's a college student and can only hunt Saturdays and Sundays. Uh, yeah, I mean Sunday, – uh, Sundays is illegal to hunt, he says. He must oh, be from PA. Yeah, I, I would just say that, um, you know, whatever you have to do to um, scout and make sure you're in the right position is, is the, the key. So yep. make sure that you, you put it all, you, you got limited hunts, make sure you're in the right spots, you know, and, yep. and um, believe in your spots, whether that's studying maps, whether that's out scouting on foot in the off season, any chance you have, but you have to believe in your spots. I mean, that's, what's going to give you the confidence and that's, what's going to put the deer on the wall. Yep. And like, yeah, yeah, that, that definitely sucks. You can't hunt on Sundays, but it, maybe it gives you a good opportunity to have an excuse to just go scouting too, you know, instead of, instead of hunting, you know, forces you to, cause you can't, um, you can't hunt, which that does suck. I'm not going to like, it's hard to be positive yeah, about hard that. To believe but, in this day and age that they still do that. Yeah. I, I, I think PA is the only one that does that. I could be wrong, but, um, all right, here's a question. All right, let's see if we can get answer this one. On an evening hunt, where would you set up if the suspected bedding is at a lower elevation than the food source in the evenings? He's worried about his thermals be dropping towards them as they are traveling to the food. So, I mean, every situation is different. But uh, a lot of times those uh, bedding spots are in key spots to catch thermals and stuff, like down into draws or on the tip of a point. And if you know where those bedding spots are and how the deer are traveling, you find a weak spot in their travel. Like one of the, the, the hot spots for me in hill country when they're bedding, they're bedding uh, on the points and then rising up to the um, food up above is to sit on the side of those points and have your uh, thermal pull down the point down to draw below them. You'll get a just off wind because they're going to be bedding on that point because the wind's blowing on the point. But sit to the side of it where you're, you, where the wind is missing them, and the, the thermal is going to drop down the, down the, um, into the, the, to the runoff draw right alongside the point. Um, that's one way. Um, otherwise, I just basically look at the trail of the deer, how they're coming out of bedding, and I find the weak point where my mm -hmm. thermal's going to pull away, or the wind's going to pull away, where I can get away with a certain wind, 
and I wait for the day that that wind or, or thermal will work and hunt it where I can. Yep. Use uh, use some milkweed, figure all that stuff out. Yeah. Um, Tommy asked if you'd ever consider hunting a grizzly bear with your bow. Oh, hell yeah. I'd love to. <laughs> I've heard you mention that before. Eric brings up a good point here. Once you learn to embrace all the things that suck, it changes the whole game. It sounds crazy to enjoy cold fingers and your boots full of swamp muck, but it's if it's a cake walk, what's the point? Yeah, you, you know what? I'd have to say that uh, I love Eric to hunt with. That guy has a great attitude about everything. I mean, uh, he's fun. Yep. I you would echo that. Yeah. Um. Hopefully we can do some more hunting this year. Maybe get into the swamps and stuff. Yeah, well, I'll be I'll be hunting around him early season, or I'll be up in Wisconsin. I'm sure we'll do some stuff together. And then he's planning on coming to Indiana, I think. Um, God willing, the creek don't rise, which the creek rises down here sometimes. But if I go um, smash a 90 inch buck down in Iowa right away, and then I'll I'll come up and hunt with you too. Yeah, you say a 90 inch or a 190? 90. 90. <laughs> maybe 70 if a buck walks in front of you in iowa nine inch uh, spread right heck yeah um my buddy's ain't got his iowa buck back the other day it wasn't uh it was it was every bit of uh less than 70 inches <laughs> i'm just giving you crap zinc um are you going to read some of these comments here? Joe P.S. How often do you guys go out to scout with a stand on your back but never set up? It's a good question. Well, that probably happens uh, uh, a few times a year. It usually yeah. happens to me more on road trips, uh, yeah. honestly, because, uh, uh, like I said, I got to have that confidence. I got to believe in what I'm doing. And if I just don't find it, I just keep keep looking. I, I scratch things off, you know. Um, I do think that uh, there is a fine line there. I mean, in a lot of cases, just getting up a tree in the right terrain sometimes helps. But uh, I got to have that confidence. That's a personal thing with me. And and that's part of the attitude thing. If I don't have the, you know, the attitude of believing in the spot, it's hard to do. Yeah. But I know that uh, some of the stuff done in um, Indiana with um, – a lower deer population, especially with the mature bucks, it was hard to see the sign. And I'm sure I walked through some great spots based on terrain. Yeah. I didn't want them, you know? Yeah. So, uh, I do, I do probably end up not hunting about maybe two or three times a year where I, I just scout until it's, you know, I run out of time. Uh, quite often I'm in an area that I know, and I I'll usually have like a backup area or something. If I don't like what I went or what I'm seeing, I'll run over and uh, hunt that backup spot, you know, that I do have yep. confidence in. Yep. Do you do that? I, uh, yep. I, uh, the day before I shot my buck in Wisconsin, I, I actually got in a tree and I'm like, this sucks. I, this is not where I need to be. And I got down and, mm -hmm. and, uh, kind of thought about, doing something different and it was just getting too late and I just kind of held back until, um, until dark. Um, 
I, I yeah, I'm not afraid to not get in a stand at night if I don't feel right or if something's not right. You can do a lot of harm too if you just get in the tree to be in there and you're not in the right situation or the wind's wrong or something of that nature. Because that particular spot we, I was at, um, you know, I I was planning on to hunt it a couple of days later because the, we was going to have a wind sh- wind shift. Um, so. Uh, I remember back in the nineties, I used to end up in a lot of spots uh, where I'd get in the tree too fast and realize I'm in the wrong tree and I'd get down and move. Yeah. You know, not, not the wrong tree tree, but you go in there too fast and you're like, Oh, this looks good. I'll set up here. And then when you get up there, you start realizing the, the way the train is or the wind is or the thermals are, or the trails come through there a little different than you thought from the tree. And I'd end up moving a lot. Now I think I hit it pretty good before I'm in a tree. Yeah. Um, I, I, I probably, I'm probably about like you though. I bet probably twice a year I end up not getting up in a tree and just heading back to the truck. Um, I'm trying to see if there's any, any more, uh, comments. I got a lot of positive comments tonight. That's good. (laughs) It'd be pretty, uh, um, contradicting if a bunch of people were negative on this show tonight. Right. Right. So, right. Uh, let me try to get to the end here, everybody. Make sure there's no more, uh, no more questions. All right. Do you guys have any stories of hunting on top of another hunter and have a not so pleasant discussion at your vehicle? Hmm. The only one I can ever remember was, um, I remember going out to do a hunt and this is probably about 10 years ago. Um, and I had to walk the, the way it goes back there is you have to walk through this tunnel of land and this dude is hunting right where the, the access trail where you have to go back and you kind of got to go underneath them, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, so I walk past this dude and, um, he makes a comment to me like, Hey, I'm, I'm hunting here. And I'm like, well, dude, this, go, this land goes on for miles and I'm hunting back there, you know? And uh, the guy makes a comment that, like, he knows who I am locally or something, and that uh, that I'm like hunting his buck or something, you know. And I just ignore him and I go back there. I just walk right past him. I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, the guy's blocking the access. So I go yeah. back there and I get about uh, four or five hundred yards past him, and I start going through this thick stuff, and uh, my bow got caught in some um, briars. <laughs> And I pulled it and it blew the string off. <laughs> no. That happened a few different times with the um, forge bowl because uh, the, the string just barely laid in the uh, cams. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I blew the, the cable off. I'm like, oh, crap. So I had to walk back past this dude because there's no way to get the cable back on. So I walked back past the dude and he, he, he like flails his arms up in the air while I'm walking past. And, uh, um, I went back to the truck and uh, I was able to get the bow back strung um, using using some um, items, a two by four and part of the truck and stuff. And I, I was able to get the strings back on, shot it into target and it was shooting right. And I, I decided I was going to run back out there and make it out in time. When I went back underneath that guy, the guy goes, hey, dude, this is the only buck I know of that's big. You're on all this stuff. And I'm like, dude, I don't even know what you're talking about. I'm just go back to hunt these islands. That guy was yeah. really upset. 
And uh, I heard some things in town too. He was telling everybody how it's like um, following him around trying to hunt his bucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've only had one like uh, confrontation that was uh, tense and I, I, I kind of calmed it down pretty quick, but there's a guy mm-hmm. that has a ladder stand on a particular uh, piece of public that I hunt. And it's a giant piece of public land. I mean, you can, you could walk like four miles back into it and he has a ladder stand, a double ladder stand, like, 20 yards off the main trail, you know, like, um, and probably only 200 yards from the parking lot. Mm-hmm. And, and it literally like, it's the same exact case, um, with, with you, what you were saying was you had to walk by the guy to get anywhere on that piece of public. And he was, he got there. Um, he was in the parking lot when I pulled up and he was, you know, I was like, Oh, where are you going? Which I kind of knew where he was going, but, um, He's like, oh, I got a stand. My, I, he goes, my stand's up, you know, right over here. I'm like, oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. And he was like, I'd kind of appreciate it if you didn't walk back in there. And I'm like, I kind of was like, man, if, if nobody walks past you, you're you're pretty much blocking the whole freaking piece of public here. And, and he kind of was like, yeah, I guess you're right. And he was he was fine then. But that's only like only time i've ever had anybody say anything real negative about it i've had some guys like be real cold like not want to talk to you at all but mm-hmm. whatever i don't blame them you know i've, I've had negative uh, uh problems with local people um yeah but not necessarily exactly where i hunt yeah um, most of them don't see me go out or see me come back or whatever mm-hmm. um but uh i had um some neighbors who were actually convicts i mean they were in prison for a while and they got out of prison and uh, they came over here and were um, like threatening over where I was hunting and stuff, mm-hmm. tell me not to hunt behind their place and stuff because that was their area of the swamp. And yeah, pretty much just said I'm going to hunt where I want. And I don't really, you're not intimidating me. Yeah, um, I've probably had uh, twenty times more negative experiences on private land than I have on public with mm-hmm. like people. Because usually, yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. I mean, people First time you're on, on private land, people get a lot more uh, weird about their spots. Yeah. Um, well, it's that. And then like, usually like the people that I have encountered are doing something wrong. So they're like, don't want you to say anything or they're nervous. And um, I can remember one, one uh, day. Do you remember whenever you were hunting that CRP field, that big, that big farm I have that has a CRP field on it. And we saw that, uh, that little four pointer in the middle of that CRP field that had those does right there. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that or not, but anyways, me and my cousin were hunting there, Adam, that was on the show last week. And, um, it was during gun season and we were sitting in a stand down by this Creek and you could oversee this CRP field and some, uh, and the crop fields and it got light. It was in the morning hunt. It got light and there was a buck standing as it was getting light. You could see a buck standing out there in the CRP field and, it just kept standing there and kept standing there and kept standing there. And as it got more light, we got our binoculars and we were looking at it and he's like, that's a freaking decoy. And I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, that's a decoy. Um, and we got down and we walked, uh, we ended up getting down and walking over there. And there was two guys with no orange or anything on hiding in the CRP field, just like 50 yards from this decoy. Just they drug a decoy, uh, trespassing onto this land that we, we had permission on or whatever. And then sit there with no orange on <laughs> during yeah. rifle season. It's like, what are you guys doing? Like, clearly you're not supposed to be here. You don't have orange on. 
Like that's a dead giveaway, you know? Yeah. Um, and then you Did put you turn a them in? I would have turned them in and I would have no, filmed it. We didn't. This was, this was a long time ago. Yeah, I was I pretty young. Yeah. Um, I ran into a lot of that stuff when I was younger too and, and didn't do nothing. I think nowadays I'd, I'd film it and turn them in. Yeah. Just because um, I'm so sick of just people just doing whatever the hell they want. I know. This is a, a question on this topic, actually. Uh, Select Hunt says, what would you do if you knew a friend or friends were poaching game? Ooh. I would I would have a talk with them. And if that didn't yeah. work, I'd turn them in. Or I'd just disassociate with them, one of the two, mm-hmm. depending on what, what, what was going on. Yep. I've had a, I've had a talks with, with uh, buddies before about it. Um, I mean, you get the, you get some people that think, you, you know, like, well, what they're doing is okay. It's, yep. it's other kind of poetry that's bad, you know, but you know, a little corn or something like that, or a little this or a little that isn't, you know, even though it's against the law that shouldn't be, or, you know, you, you hear all the excuses, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, if, uh, if somebody's baiting on their own land or something and I know about it and it's their land, I just won't associate with the person or something, but I mean, if right. they're actually spotlighting with a rifle or something you know i'd step in something blatantly um yeah something like that would be a big no-no and like i know this is um you know not everybody was like raised the same way you were too sometimes like some people just need to be told uh Mm -hmm. they're doing something wrong too like even though they know it's wrong like maybe they had a, a dad or a grandpa that did this in front of them their whole childhood. And so they just got to be kind of brought back to reality. I think the main thing you got to do is lead by example. And what you do is right. Yeah. And you tell those people that what you're doing is wrong. You just say it straight out. What you're doing is wrong. It ain't right. Yep. That's a tough one. It's a tough conversation to have, but we have a guy on the the hunting beast um, forum that turned his family in for poaching. Really? Yeah, he's having all kinds of issues with his family because he he turned in family members that were poaching deer. He said he couldn't blatantly uh, sit back and watch him do it. Hmm. That's got to be stressful. I mean, it's got to put stress in your family and everything else. I mean, right. He tried talking to him, I guess. Right. Uh, Let's see here. Chris has a question for you he says do you feel a hanging hunt on a new property for an okay buck is more rewarding than a previously scouted ambush point for a bigger buck <laughs> My, mine would probably be the bigger buck i don't know I, I, um yeah I, I think uh if i scouted for that buck figured out where he was yeah if i'm hunting that buck i think the bigger buck would be the the, the, the answer there mm-hmm. um matter of fact uh um new hunt just going out and randomly shooting a deer if that's what he's talking about that really don't turn me on that much i mean i'd yeah. enjoy it but uh hunting a particular buck scouting him down figuring out where he beds and lives and figuring out the exact tree you got to be in to shoot him in the daylight window that that little hundred yards he's moving you know the one tree out of a million in that swamp i mean that's that's my turn on so Hundred percent. I mean, I chasing after a, a buck for a couple of years, and he's became six years old or five years old, and killing him—that's pretty rewarding. Yeah, that last um, buck I shot was really rewarding. I mean, because that's exactly yeah. what Mario was. I hunted that thing for three years, and 
and yep. uh, set up where I believed he was bedding, and he came in and I shot him. Yep. That's cool stuff. Mike, sounds like he had a buddy that passed away. He wanted me to shout him out, so sorry about that, Mike, and hopefully he sounds like Jim was quite the hunter. But uh, um, we had a question come in on Facebook that I just remembered I wanted to get your opinion on or the guy wanted to get your opinion on. I'm sorry, I don't remember your name, man, but uh, he was asking about this this deal with like some um, property managers talking about doe management and what your thoughts on doe management was on, on properties. Just my thoughts on doe management, not in, in regards to what this guy's doing or anything. Yeah. He just was thinking, you know, you, you hear both ways where a lot of does are good. A lot of does are bad. And well, uh, you, you know, they, a lot of does can do, uh, can eat a lot of food. I mean, however, I'll, uh, I'll just throw this out there that, um, uh, uh, I know a guy who spent a whole, whole lot of money to get a really good lease in Illinois. Mm-hmm. And uh, he shot two deer on that lease that were in the top 10 ever of bucks shot in Illinois for typicals. Jeez. And I hunted that lease with him a couple times. And you couldn't find anything green as high as you could reach. They never shot does. Nobody that ever was on that property ever shot does. Mm-hmm. And uh, I sat in a, um, a, a little low area where these deer were coming off of this high area going onto this field. And I probably had about 150 deer go by me that night. And there was a stampede when something spooked them in the field and they ran past me and it was so dusty I could hardly see. <laughs> I've never seen so much deer in my life. And if that property wasn't the most overpopulated property, I don't yeah. know what it is, but still yeah. world-class deer. Hmm. So to say that that's going to really affect your buck growth, I don't know. Yeah, I don't I mean, know either. What would, he, what would he have if he had the right ratios, right? Um, however, I mean, um, it gets pretty hard to hunt when there's deer everywhere. You know, um, I find, a, you know, I do really well by me you know, where I live because I can go out and hunt these points and stuff and there ain't deer bedded all over the place in the points and stuff. I don't have to walk through deer to get to where I'm hunting for a particular buck. You start mm-hmm. jumping deer every time you move and blink, those bucks seem to know you're there. They know when you're on the property and you know what I'm saying? It yeah. gets a little difficult, but I don't think it really affects the antler growth all that much. I'm sure it has some effect on it, um, but not nearly the way people paint it out to be. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people, and 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 much like you said earlier, a lot of people probably take offense to this, but I think a lot of people like to talk about doe management because they like to shoot does. Now, I like to shoot does, and I, I like to have a property that's somewhat balanced, right? Yeah. I do know that if I have a lot of does around, they create bucks, number one. And number two, they, um, you, you know, they draw bucks in. So yeah. I don't think those being around, but there's a, there's a number. I mean, if there, if it's pretty excessive, I'd probably just have some fun shooting them. I don't think I'd worry about the overall number of does. I just, if there's a lot of them, I'd probably shoot, shoot a few, have some fun, fill the freezer up. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I don't think it has a huge impact on, on antler growth. Yeah. I've never, uh, 
honestly thought about it too much because I don't I've never really hunted a property that was or had access to a property that was overpopulated per se. You know, by you, I haven't seen anything down there that I would say was no. near overpopulated. No. no. Horner Hunts ask, have you guys ever done it overnight in the woods? He said, I thought about pitching a tarp uh way back in some spots rather than hiking two and a half miles in the morning. You ever no, done that, Dan? I, I hiked two and a half hours in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't even know if that'd be legal. Might be. A lot of it depends on the state and the yeah. WMAs. In uh in Indiana, there's uh, certain hiking trails you could sleep on, but you're supposed to stay on within a certain feet of those hiking trails. Um, but yeah, for the most part, it's illegal to to camp in Indiana on the WMA or the public land. I think mm -hmm. it is in Wisconsin too. Yeah, I've elk hunting. I've stayed ten days in the wilderness, you know, but that's a little bit different than just being out there. But um, all right. Everybody, let's get off here. <laughs> Thanks, right. everybody. Good questions tonight. It was a fun conversation. I'll talk to you guys uh, next week. Bye, everybody. Yeah. Hit the like button before you leave. <laughs>